Hey, good morning. Man, yeah, it's good to be back in Dover. When I walked in this morning, it literally felt like a time warp, like they released me from the bunker, and you guys were all still here, and everyone lied to me and said that the world was ending, so I was hiding that whole time. And Man, seriously, it's good to be back, seeing so many people I haven't seen in so long, and those that I've never seen before. Which means we're reaching people for Jesus, and that's exciting. Man, good to be here. As I was driving down, we're, we're you know, just reminiscing, or at least in my brain I was. I, I don't talk much uh, in car rides uh, unless Anna can get me talking. Um, which is, so I just daydream and just think about the things that we used to do here in Dover and the things that we were part of and whatever. But something I, I think about when I'm hungry is restaurants. So I was thinking about restaurants, and, and one of my favorite restaurants in Dover, it opened a few months before we actually moved, is called Tucker's. And if you haven't eaten there yet, you need to go eat their breakfast. I haven't eaten their lunch. It's probably just as good, but their breakfast does something amazing to your taste buds. And uh, no, I don't know. It makes your taste buds dance. It's good. And, and you need to go there. And another restaurant that you all need to visit up in Plymouth is called Six Burner Bistro. So write that down. It's important. You need to go there. But they have some of the best fries that I've ever had. I don't know what they do to them. They're crunchy on the outside, soft on the inside. They're not the shoestring, but they're like small, the skinny fries. Not like McDonald's, you know, where what, I don't know what those are made out of, but they're good until they cool off. Um, but have you ever thought about what it takes to run a restaurant and, like, the complexity of it and, and how much goes into it and why, uh, why, why you love it so much? I remember I was 14 or almost 15 years old, and I started working at McDonald's, uh, you know, the, the – um, the, the place to go when you're a teenager, you go work at McDonald's. And at least in Raymond, New Hampshire, that's what you do. You either work at McDonald's or the Pie and Seafood Restaurant, which the guy was really mean, so I quit after two weeks and went to McDonald's. But my sisters all worked at McDonald's as well, and so did my mom. So it was like this family restaurant. And uh, I think the only reason I got a job is because of my sisters. So they, 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 plowed, they plowed the way for me, so when I got there, it was just easy to get a job. I don't even think they read my application. I have no idea. Um, but I just started working there. And they started me off as the ketchup and mustard guy. And, you know, that seems really stupid. And, like, that's what you did. Yeah, that's what I did for a little while. And then eventually I started learning new, new things, mostly out of boredom. If you ever worked at McDonald's, putting ketchup on buns is only fun for, like, two, two burgers. You know, uh, sometimes you make games out of them because you could shoot them. Like, you hold them up and shoot them and try to get it on it. But they usually made a mess. But... I would learn stuff out of boredom or when people would quit, uh, people wouldn't show up. So I just learned new things because I, I'm the type of person that has to just always do new things. And that's just my personality. But at age 14, minimum wage job, I knew that my role was important. And, you know, looking back, I know that now. Then I was probably like, can I seriously do something different? Like, I'm, I'm dying back here. But they, they would let me learn new things. And I knew that my role was important. But at the time, McDonald's was my favorite restaurant. And maybe it's still your favorite restaurant. Um, there are things that I still love there, like the Big Macs. Dude, come on. So good. I don't know. They're, they, they're not good for you. Like, I get that. But they're so good. And at age 14, Raymond, New Hampshire, the only thing they had was McDonald's. That was it. Or Ben Franklin's. Like, you did, and you don't go there. And, and 
as a 14-year-old, you don't go there. Uh, I didn't buy fabric much when I was 14. So what, what is it that we love about our rest, these restaurants? Like what makes them our favorite restaurant? It's not really the food itself because the food wouldn't actually happen if it wasn't for this one thing. And it's, it's the people behind the scenes serving in their role that makes these restaurants so good. So you, you, there's a couple things in a restaurant that you love, the food and then the service. If the service is really bad, the food's got to be really good. If the service is amazing, the food can be mediocre and you're like, oh, I'll go back there because the people were so nice. But it's all the people behind the scenes serving. And we think about Restoration Church. A lot of you love Restoration Church and what makes you love Restoration Church and what makes it so great. And maybe this morning you're here and you're just checking it out. Like you're, you're, you think, uh, like you, you're checking it out, you're new to the area and you've never been here before. But you went to a, another church and you think that church, no church could ever compare to the church that I came from. And we think, what makes that church so great? Why was that church so great? And it's because of the people serving in their roles and they're doing it well. And whether we're in a restaurant or a church, it always comes back to the people serving in their roles. I want you to open up to 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to read out of the Bible, which we believe is the word of God. And if you don't have a Bible, we want to give you a Bible. And at the Welcome Center, there's Bibles there. You can grab one. They're free for you. But you can also download an app. It's called YouVersion. It's on your phone. Go to the App Store, the Play Store, or whatever store. Buy the YouVersion app and read, with, read along with us. But what we're reading is from Paul. He was Paul the Apostle. He was kind of like a pastor. And he went uh, around planting churches and leading leaders and writing letters to these churches. And we get the privilege of reading what he wrote to these churches. And it helps us when it comes to church and it helps us to when it comes to us following Jesus. But if you go on to church for a long time, like if... If you've been going to church your whole life or for a while, this, this verse is famous. And it's famous because it's, it's important. You probably heard many sermons on it, but it's important. And we're going to take a look at verse 12. So if you, you can look on the screens too, they'll have the verses up there. But 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 says this. The human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Now, if Paul, the guy that wrote this, was here today using my illustration, he'd be saying, a restaurant is a restaurant, but it has many roles, and many roles make up one restaurant. And as a church, as the body of Christ, that's us, the church, we make up the church. We have many roles, but we all make up the church. And verse 14, check that out. It says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. And like a restaurant that has more than one role, you know, my, my daughter Ebony will eat pickles like it's her job. Like she, she would eat pickles in the morning. She would eat for lunch. She'd eat for dinner. And she'd be the happiest kid on the planet. And I would never have to force her to eat anything. It would be so easy. Uh, but not everyone can be the pickle guy, even though Ebony would love that. Not everyone can be the pickle guy. And in a church, not everyone can be the door greeter. So imagine 50 door greeters. And if you're an introvert like I am and you had to shake 50 people's hands every time you walk just to get into the building, you would be freaking out. And I wouldn't be able to do it. I would go in the back door. I would make a new door. And I'd be like, I'm not going that way. But not everyone can be the door greeter. There's many 
All the roles are different. And verse 22, it says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And what Paul's telling us here is that every single role is important. From the pickle guy to the ketchup guy to the door greeter to the ushers to the guys in the band to the ladies in the band, whoever. It doesn't matter what role you're in. They're all important. And uh, just where I lost myself, sorry. At a restaurant, I already did that part. Okay, I'm back. I've moved my page, messed it up. But if you think about a restaurant, you think of the least desired position, the, the seemingly least important, it's the least paid, but it's the dishwasher. And I'm not knocking anyone that washes dishes because that was my favorite job at McDonald's, believe it or not, because I got to go out of all the chaos and just wash dishes and be by myself, which is a great thing for someone like myself to be alone because that's where uh, I find joy. And no, I like, I like people too, so don't worry. But imagine you go into a restaurant, there's dirty plates, there's dirty, dirty forks, you look at your cup and there's something growing in it, you got crusty napkins. All of a sudden, the dishwasher is the most important person to you because you want your dishes cleaned. And I remember people at McDonald's not showing up for their role and it was uh, for their shift. It, was, it, it turned into mad chaos. Now, now think of a 14, 15 year old. All I did when I got in, when I clocked in, I looked at the clock and said, eight more hours, here we go. I'm gonna be out in eight hours. And then it was seven and a half, seven hours. And then all of a sudden, an hour before the end of my shift, someone calls out and they're like, hey, we need you to stay later, can you? And you don't wanna be the bad guy, so you're like, yeah, sure. And, and you're just like, no, why did you do that to me? And that's someone just not showing up for their shift. And that's an example of someone not in their role in the restaurant business. And then people, sometimes people show up for their role, but they don't always do it the best that they can. So they don't do it well. And uh, Michelle, my sister, shared this, Pastor Nate's wife, she, she worked there with me as well. And she shared uh, times where people at the front counter would, the, the, the people that worked the front counter, would be putting food in the bags. And sorry if you didn't know this, but watch what they're doing, because sometimes they'll do this to you. They drop the food on the floor, picked it back up and put it in the bag or put it back on the tray while the customer is watching them do this. And you can imagine how you would feel if you watched that happen to your food, especially if it fell out of the wrapper and then they wrap it back up. I don't know if that actually happened, but I, would, I, I wouldn't put it past Raymond McDonald's. Um, <laughs> hey, I work there, okay, so I can say what I want. The manager there was awesome, so if she somehow hears this, I love you. Pat, I still remember your name. Um, but what happens when everyone's in their role, when they're working in their role, and when they're doing it well? If you take out your Bible again and look at verse 25, it says, This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. And this is kind of what we talked about at the beginning. Everyone in their role makes a great church. You all make a great church and we had volunteer appreciation on Friday, and it was fun. If you didn't have fun, it's because you didn't play skyball. I don't, or I don't know. We'll help you have more fun next time. But I had a lot of fun, and it was cool to see a bunch of people that I didn't know that volunteer at Restoration Church because I've been gone for 11 months. Well, not gone. I've been in Plymouth. And to see all these people, and maybe you don't know this, but we have over 240 volunteers across all of our locations, which is pretty amazing. Like, 
for that many people to want to serve and to serve in their role and to do it well. And that's why we want to appreciate you guys. So next one, make sure you go to it. We had over 100 people there. It was super fun. But everyone serving in their role creates harmony. And that's what this is talking about. It creates harmony in a body. It can create harmony in a restaurant. You know, when someone drops the burger on the ground, you just lost all the harmony when they serve it to the, when they serve it to the customer, that is. And then in a church, when people are serving in their roles and we're all helping each other and we're doing what we're called to do as a church, not only does it, does it create harmony, but it shows the world that there's something different about these people that follow Jesus. And I think that's a huge thing. And if we think about Jesus, he even had a role. His role was he gave his life for every single one of us. And maybe you don't know him today, and that's okay. We're glad that you're here, and the purpose behind our church is that you would meet him today. He died for every person that would ever hate him, for every person that didn't care about him, for every person that never even heard about him. He died for everyone, whether you love him, don't care, or hate him. He died for you. He died for me. And that is the amazing thing about Jesus. He said in, in the Bible, it says that, that even the Son of Man, which is Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve and give his life for a, give his life for a ransom. And that is unlike any other worldly God that you might hear about. And even more important than you finding your role, that, yeah, we want everyone to serve and be a part of what's happening to reach people. But if you haven't taken this next step, this is our heart's desire, that you would meet Jesus, that you would give him your life today. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that whosoever, that's you, that's me, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, believes in him, will not perish, but have everlasting life. And Jesus modeled it so well of what it means to serve and bring harmony to this world where, where it's all about uh, this consumer mindset. Jesus gave himself and served others. And he showed us that to serve others is actually to love others. And that is a model that we always want to look at. And when I think of how I should act in a situation, not this isn't always easy, but I want to act like Jesus. And how would he serve the people that he's interacting with how would he respond to the people he's acting towards? And one thing that Jesus knew about serving that we sometimes forget is, is it in, that it actually does things for us. It actually brings us peace and actually brings us joy. And I'm going to hit on a couple things. Serving keeps you others focused. So it really keeps you from being selfish, which can bring just a lot of negativity and bitterness into your life. But I'm going to read an article by Consumer Reports that says, one out of ten Americans said they would not give up their Starbucks Dunkin' Donuts habit, even if their income dramatically dropped in a failed economy. And according to the same article, one survey found that Americans hold tightest to at-home entertainment. When asked, what is the last thing you would cut back on in order to economize? 38% of people said they would never ditch paid television, which is including premium cable, satellite, and streaming services like Netflix and Hulu. Our consumer-driven mindset has blurred the lines of necessity and luxury on these kinds of comforts. People in our country like to be able to spend on themselves. The common attitude is my comfort is my number one priority. This same type of mentality, it can often creep 
into our churches as well. And in no way am I pointing the finger because I would have a hard time canceling my Netflix. I'm just being honest. Like, it, we don't have cables, so Netflix is where we go to watch something and just, like, chill and unwind. And you're like, it's only eight bucks. But, you know, if I had to choose between food and Netflix, I would probably pick Netflix. And, um, <laughs> but serving, it does. It keeps you others focused. It keeps you from getting bitter. And serving keeps you humble. And the great thing about being humble is it actually makes people like you more. It gives you more friends, which, which is a good thing. Um, especially if you're an extrovert and you just love being around people, staying humble helps people to love you more. But you've all been around those people that they think the world revolves around them, or every time you make a comment, they have to say something back about how you're wrong. And, and that's not humility. The, the humility is just keeping your mouth shut in that moment and saying, okay, bud, why am I talking to you? Um, what we want to do is stay humble because that is where God can use us. But when we serve, it causes us to stay humble. And then serving gives you a purpose. You've probably heard this so many times, but the, I just need to find myself. People will leave and say, I need to find myself. And you're like, you're gonna go find yourself across the country? What, you're, you're not gonna find anything over there. And sometimes we forget that right under our noses is the purpose that God's given us. He's got us in a place for a reason. And if we could take that next step and start serving, we can see the purpose that God has for our lives. And I remember when I first started serving, I actually started serving under Pastor Nate's mother in kids' church. And that was like the first time. But it wasn't like kids' church like we have now. It was we were in this tiny little classroom. And I had no idea what I was doing. I was probably 13 years old. And that's where I started. And then I started playing in the band at youth group. And it, and it just led to more things. But serving gives you a purpose, and it, and it sets you on a right path where you need to go as long as you can keep that humble spirit. But the biggest thing that serving does and helps you do is it keeps you on mission. And our church has a mission statement that's called, we say it's just one more. So we want to reach just one more person for Jesus. And even on our deathbed, we'd be trying to save the nurse that was helping us. Like that is our mission statement as a church. And and sometimes we want the big complicated answer from God, like what's the purpose of my life? And, and all he's telling us to do is take that next step and just start serving somewhere. Just start doing something to help you stay on mission. If you think about the song that we sang a little earlier, sang it last week, to the world needs Jesus. That's our heart as a church. That's what we want to do. This world needs Jesus and we will always need Jesus and he is the reason that we exist today. But maybe today, like one of your biggest, one of the biggest tensions that we find um, ourselves in when it comes to serving is we say this statement, I don't know my role. And I've totally been there where I didn't, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And this was probably a even a couple years ago. Here I am serving in the church for years. I've been a part of it for years. A couple years ago, I just felt led to step out of, uh, I used to be on the band and lead worship and all that stuff. And I just felt led to start stepping out of it and handing it off, which was a really weird thing because I thought God was like calling me out of the ministry and I was gonna go somewhere else and I didn't know what was going on. And we, we have these moments where we don't know our role and I was lost for a little bit but I just try to keep the focus and stay on mission. We're here to reach just one more. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. We're going to reach just one more. And then a year, maybe a year and a half later, 
Pastor Nate asked me to be the location pastor in Plymouth. So that faithfulness and that staying on mission and that staying humble led me to a greater purpose for me. Not everyone's going to go move to Plymouth and be the location pastor. But that was just my story in that moment there. And this morning, we want to help you find your role. And it could start small like it did with me where I started in the kids ministry at 13 years old. But we want you to find your role because we want you to have harmony in your life like that scripture talked about. We want you to have enjoyment, the joy and the peace that comes with it. And that you would have kingdom impact in your life because we're all called to make disciples and to tell people about Jesus. And it's one of the easiest ways for you to just take that next step in doing that. Because maybe you're afraid to talk about Jesus with your friends, but, but you're willing to serve at church. I would encourage you to do that. We say things like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. I don't have any gifts. What if I get stuck somewhere I don't want to? Or what if I don't have the time? Whatever the thing is that you say, what I would encourage you to do this morning is on your seat. I'm going to have everyone pick it up, even if you serve, just so people don't feel out of place. Just pick up that card that says, I want to find my role. If you're already serving, I'm not asking you to fill this out. This is, if you, if you want help finding your role, that's what we want to do today. We want to help you find your role. In Ephesians 4.11, it talks about kind of what the role of a pastor is. And um, the gist of it is the pastor's role is to help you guys find your role. Obviously, it's not the only thing that we do, but we want to equip you guys to do the work of the ministry and to be a part of what's happening here and, and to, to jump in. But this card is not a commitment card. It's not um, you fill this out and now you're stuck on a team forever wherever we put you. We want to help you find where you fit, where God's wired you to be. So I'd encourage you to take it, be praying even right now, God, God, are you calling me to find my role? Like, I don't know what to do. Just fill out the card. Our volunteer captains will contact you. All of them are super nice. We made sure of that before we put them in as volunteer captains, so don't worry. Um, and they'll schedule test drives for you, which is an opportunity for to just try out as many different areas as you want. So there's... Uh, you can try one ministry and you're gonna find your place or maybe it takes you 10 different times and maybe you still don't find something but we'll create something to help you get in so you feel like you're doing what God has called you to do. Um, we're gonna sing that song again at the end but I wanna tell you one last story before we do and it was a story at McDonald's again of this kid. He was in my sister's grade uh, which is a grade underneath me. I had been working at McDonald's for a little while and he, he was new to McDonald's, so he mostly worked at night. And, he, and at night, there's a lot of food that you just throw out. So a lot of times we'd make a burger and go out back and eat it because it's just dead. There's no one there, nothing to do. We're throwing it out anyway. Let's, we're hungry. Like, let's eat. We're 14 years old. That's all we do. So we go, we would eat food in the back. What he didn't know is on a Saturday when it's really busy, and there's lines everywhere. You don't make a burger and go out back and eat it. So he did that. Um, but he didn't realize the owner of the company had walked into the McDonald's. And the owner walked back. Uh, and I never saw that kid again. I assume he's still alive. But uh, he, he was fired immediately on the spot. And, and uh, he wasn't working in his role. And I wonder today if God's given you a role 
If God has given us a role, what we don't want is him to find us in the back eating a burger. And maybe today you think, I don't, I don't think I'm good enough to serve. I'm, I'm not at the right place. I, I've messed up too much and la da 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 like you name it. This guy, Paul, that wrote most of the New Testament was killing Christians. He was slaughtering them, hanging them, killing them because they were spreading the news of Jesus before he believed in, before he said Jesus was his savior. God flipped his world upside down and then used him to write most of the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible that we read. You can't be worse than that. I don't think any of you are killing Christians right now. So I think you're good. You aren't worse than anyone else. You're not better than anyone else. I'm not better or worse than anybody else. We all have a purpose. If God still has you living, if you're still breathing, you still have a purpose on this planet. And maybe some of you are are serving right now, but you feel stuck, you feel lost. You don't need to feel that way. Try some new things, talk to a pastor, talk to your leaders. Don't feel like you're letting people down by not, by not serving where, where you had committed to earlier. Like, don't feel bad. We want you to serve where God has wired you, where you feel passionate about serving because that's where God's gonna use you the most. And we wanna help you move into that. That is our job as, as pastor to help you see what God has called you to do. But this morning, if you don't know Jesus, I wanna talk to you. And, and for all of us Christians, we, we gotta get this in our heads, is we live in a world that, it's not that they reject Jesus or say that he's the devil, they actually don't know who Jesus is, which, is, which blows our minds sometimes, especially if you've grown up in the church, You're like how do you know who Jesus is? There's this lady, Janine, who he posted a story on the We Are Restoration page and said that, um, she was just a couple weeks ago talking to a girl in a restaurant and it somehow got on the topic of Jesus and the girl said, who is this Jesus guy? I've never heard of him. And she wanted to know more about him. That's the world that we live in now. We live in a post-truth world, a world that doesn't know Jesus. Who they mostly reject is Christians and we have to, as best we can, uh, model who Jesus was by the way that we live. And this morning, maybe you've never heard of Jesus. You're like that girl at their restaurant. You don't need to feel bad. You don't need to feel weird. A lot of people don't know who Jesus is. And today we want you to know who Jesus is. And we want you uh, to give your life to him and to see what he's done for all of us and the reasons that we follow him. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this prayer and I would encourage you to pray it with me. And you can put it in your own words. You don't have to say it out loud. You can mumble it, but, but say this in your words and then tell somebody after. Fill out that connection card. Pastor Dan will be up to explain that, but fill out that connection card. I'm gonna pray that prayer. And after I do, the band's just gonna start singing and the ushers are gonna go and start picking up those cards from you guys. But take that step today, that scary step, the jump into the unknown and, and start serving in the role God has for you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for taking on your role. We thank you for dying on a cross for us, for giving your life. God, I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. God, the things that separate me from you, I pray today, God, that I could follow you and that you would be a part of my life. I thank you for all that you've done. 
God, guide me, lead me. Help me know what it means to follow Jesus. Pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.